have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, yo, this is Big Daddy Kane, and you're listening to another hot interview on The Library with Tim Einenkel on RapStation.com. If you was born in New York City, I was born, I was born, I was born, born in New York, New York City. City. We in New York now. New York, New York, New York. New York, find a town, Browns little Chinatown, and Venice of the Sound, dudes got bread on. New York takes a one of a kind individual to prosper and get a residual. Remotely gross, ain't no city gross. This is world with us, this is all the world with us. It's on your bucket list. Tourist native dwellers, transplants, getting a piece, home of the geese. The finagle, the bagel, hard working, hard jerking. Me and my man, we had cars since we took it from the Indian. He's one of the co-founding members of the legendary hip-hop group Brand Nubium, and he has worked with greats such as Diamond D, Lord Finesse, The Beat Nuts, and the DITC crew. His latest album, Under the Loyalty Digital Corp, is uh, with producer Focus and is called Never Left. With that, I want to welcome Sadat X to the library with Tim Einenkel on RapStation.com. What's good, everybody? from here. Cool, man. Thank you so much. Uh, so, of course, you start out the album with uh, the record We in New York, kind of like a love letter to New York. Uh, why at this moment in history did you want to remind people, New Yorkers and non-New Yorkers, what the city had to offer? Well, you know, I mean, I'm from New York, man, and you know that this music started in New York, man, and uh, we was always, you know, known for having styles and, and being the first and foremost and, on their, and everything, and I just wanted to do something, man, to express my love and admiration for New York. New York, New York, New York, It's the environment. God bless the fight, the 9-11, the two train, the seven, may they all rest in heaven, the Jews, daily news, Trump Tower, loud smoke sour, Muslims taking down, rubbing out, wild style, Coney Island, catch deli, take a broad to the telly, police commits Ray Kelly, yellow cabs, A-Rabs, the Giants, the Jets, creeping blood sets, who's coming back from the A like refugees, they left New York, please. Never Left is a, you know, is a tribute to New York. Um... How do you create a body of work like this that doesn't isolate your listeners? Like, you know, I mean, of course, New Yorkers will flock to this because it's about something they're familiar with. But how do you make it where someone in California or someone in the Midwest will be like, oh, this is a hot joint. I could, I could do with this. I could do with this. Well, I, I just try to, you know, keep an open mind, man. And, 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 and uh, you know, I just went into it, man. I didn't, I didn't go into it trying to make it like strictly for New York. I just went into it making a, a music that I like. You understand what I'm saying? And people that I like. I did a joint with King that King, had King T on it. 
you know, that I, I, I liked King T and I wanted him to get on something. So I found a, a beat and, and he got on it. You know what I mean? It, it, I didn't try to, you know, I didn't try to make it for one. I, it, I, I'm always first and foremost be New York and I wanted that sound in there. But, I, you know, I just tried to vary it out, man. Tried to, you know, I made this album not listening to a bunch of records of other people, just basically focusing on going into the studio every day and doing it. You know, trying not to get too many influence on, on this. I just tried to, you know, keep it open. When you made the kind of the game plan for making this album, how did you, like, when did you come up with that and how long did the, the whole, entire process take? Well, the entire process took about two years because I was, you know, doing other projects off and on and I was traveling off and on. But I just wanted to make a body of work, man, that I felt that people could could play all the way through, man. And I wanted to just I wanted to have some topics and some songs, you know, as opposed to just having, you know, just throwing out rhymes. I wanted them to, you know, some rhymes have some stories. Because that's how it used to be in rap. We used to tell stories and we used to teach. You know what I'm saying? I wanted something some something that could teach people something. Instead of I know we all know how to party and this and that, but what about teaching? You know, this album is basically made for people, man, that pay bills, you know, that 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 that, that go through relationships and that's that are, have raised children. That's basically what it was for. I want I want to start. I want to talk about some of the records uh, on the album a little later, but also you know, this album Never Left is not just a tribute to New York, but it's also it's kind of a celebration of your 25 years in this in this in this industry. Um, you have stories about your first show. You have stories about uh, Notorious B.I.G. You have stories about Nas, Tupac, Jay-Z. Uh, first off, why, why share these, these show stories? And then were there also stories that you wanted to include that just did not make the cut? Oh, man, well, in, in my past 25 years, man, I could probably put, put together three or four albums full of stories that I've, that I've encountered along the way, man. Now, those are just a couple that got out, man. And I like to put that out because I wanted this album to be personal, man. I think... A lot of times, man, these albums are, are so mass-produced, man, and become such cookie-cutter that, you know, you never feel one with the artist. I wanted, when you, when you listen to this song, that you have them come away with an understanding of a sadat. You understand? Something you can look into my personal soul and to, into my into the personal, you know, I wanted you to get personal with this, man, to make it, after you listen to this, make you feel like you know a little bit something about sadat that you may have not known before you listen to the album. Ah, uh, Pac, man, the Pac that I know, the Pac that I knew was like fun-loving Pac, ready to roll. Like, we get to the hotel, Pac speed up, you know what I'm saying? He he in the car, he ain't got no tags or nothing, no plates or nothing. He like, yo, y'all out here, what y'all need? I'm like, yo, we need some smoke. He like, smoke? He go in the back and come out with a big bag. And this, he give us some smoke. He like, what else y'all need? Y'all need hammers or something? I'm like, nah, he got the hammers in the car and everything, you know? And then when I would see Pac, like I seen him at Diamond's crib one time, and we really sat and actually had a long talk for a minute. And he was like, nah, it ain't nothing about New York. You know what I'm saying? It's just certain certain people or whatever I don't like, you know? Because we was cool. I was at Diamond's crib with Pac. You know what I'm saying? We was talking about about how this was going down, man. So the Pac I knew, man, we was good, man. I just hate to see, you know, what happened towards the end, man. Like, he lost his life, man, and I was a good dude. Uh, as mentioned, you know, you talk about Biggie, you talk about Tupac. Uh, I was wondering, it, it, your thoughts, if they weren't killed, do you think commercial rap today would be any different than it, um, any different today? And how, how, how big was their influence in the art? And what did you think we lose upon their deaths? It would have been as as big as it, it was. I mean, you know, the times change, but uh, 
I don't know, man. That remains to be seen, man. And, and that's kind of hard to speculate on because they're really not here. But, uh, you know, uh, I feel maybe, you know, it would have been, you know, Biggie was definitely keeping the East Point on coast with the lyrics. And I think we would have we, we stayed a little more familiar with our own style. As far as Pac, you know, I knew Pac too, man. I just, uh, I don't know, man. That's a hard question, man. I, I, I think it would, you know, rap would have still been at the magnitude it is today because I, I know that, you know, the times changed, the technology changed, and I don't think they would have stopped this technology from changing in any way or form. No. Ah, oh, man, the session with Big, man, was, like, incredible, man. Like, like I'm just really blessed to have known Big, man, like, to see, like, all right, I got a call, because, you know, Puff was from the Vernon. And, you know, I known Puff coming up. You know, I always been cool with Puff, always had a good rapport. And uh called me, he was like, yo, you know, my artist coming out big. I think Big had had party in this old up to that point. And, you know, we get to the studio, you know, he smoke, I smoke, so I see there's a box of Phillies there, so I'm like, yeah, I'm in the right location right here. So we are, we, we smoking, we drinking, we having a good time. They playing the beat, you know, Finesse had did the beat. I'm writing my joint down, I just see Big, Big standing there, and he's like mumbling something to himself. Then he just going to the booth and knock this out. I'm like, damn, son, ain't writing nothing down. So I'm like, oh man, I got, I gotta have something in my head, and I gotta, I gotta make something. So I went to the booth and did that, man, and we was cool. We was cool, man. Big was a, was a good dude, man. I came out to Brooklyn a couple of times and stuff. That's my memories of Big, man. Good memories. Good memories. Uh, I want to I go into some of the tracks on uh, um, Never Left. You, uh, one track, is uh, which I really like, is uh, Put It On Me, featuring Nachi Bless, Chi uh, Ali, and Focus. Uh, it's a very, uh, it's a, it, there's, a, there's a great dance hall vibe to it, um, which is kind of unlike any of the other tracks on the album. Why spit over a dance hall beat? Well, it was it was something that I really never did before. You know, I, I never really rhymed over a beat like that one before. And you know, being that I'm living in Brooklyn now, that's the sound that, that that that's coming out of a lot of places in Brooklyn. You know, what I mean, Brooklyn has a heavy West Indian population, and I'm hearing that music daily. And uh, you know, just just trying something different. Yeah, I ran through ghetto words, hit with the mood words. That's what they want to hear. Let them hear. But this chick, she don't go near. Yo, I'd be playing myself. She carry herself with class. How she carry all that? This the question. Her college degree. Another record on it, uh, Live and You Learn, featuring uh, Maverick. It kind of reflects on the situation leading for you, leading up to going to prison, then in prison, then post prison, and the strain it had had, had on your personal relationships. Uh, how did your time in prison impact you as an artist? My time in jail, man, basically, you know, that didn't really shape me as, as far as the rhyming too much. I didn't want to, you know, dwell on too much jail stuff and, and putting that into rhymes because I think that's already been done and that story is a dying story. Uh, I just I just wanted to hurry up and get out, man, so I could get back to doing what I was doing. Christmas Eve on the outside. A month ago I had a running. Dudes knew I was gunning. Somebody made that call to them boys. They came glaring. Description what I'm wearing. And then they went for the gun. Have a chance to run. They took me downtown fast. You don't even have to ask. I don't snitch. The judge was a she denied my bail. Help me uh, we talked about how this album is um, a tribute to your 25 year career. Being that the critique of hip hop is that it's a young person genre, uh, when did you know or how did you know that the above 30 year old could continue making music for fans? Well, I mean, 
the thing is, I knew that it was a place for it because the people that I was with was all of my age, and they all still wanted to hear music. So I know as long as they wanted to hear it, it was a demographic out there that that did want to hear it. You know, um, I think it's viewed as a young people's thing because you know rap is not really too old yet when you consider other genres of music. I mean, rap, what are they putting the time limit on? About 50 years, not 40 years or whatever. When you have certain like operas like from Mozart and Chopin at like 200, 300 years old, I think rap was, it was still finding itself. And I think that that, 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 that level of, of they talking about how it's a young people's game is, is starting to fade a little bit because some of them young people that I was talking about it was a young people's game 10 years ago, 15 years ago is now the older people too. You know what I'm saying? So I think it is finding new languages and, and, and finding new chambers, you know, uh, you know they say it's a young person's game or whatever. And you know, rap is basically the only, probably one of the only forms of music that doesn't really, you know, give the full respect to the elders. But you know, then again, the elders got to make that music to warrant respect. And I think that it, as, as the elders continue to make good music, you know, it'll it'll be a chamber for that, and, and you'll gain new fans along the way. And if not. You just keep your fan base, and, and and I just wanted to show people that it's still a way to survive. You know, I'm a survivor. You know, I, I know that it might not be how it was when the first album came out, but I know enough in, to, in within myself and within this game to, to to make some sort of impact and last in, in in my lane. Is today? Do you think today's MC that's coming out uh, are they set up just the way it's? It's just because rap is very popular and it's, and it, it's it it's kind of. People that are coming up are not there. Some, you could, the critique is that they're not there about the gender, you know, about the culture. They're kind of there like, this is the popular music. I'm going to make this and hopefully make a lot of money off of it. Um, do you think today's MC is set up for a long career, or do you think they're more of the, the one-hit wonders? Well, I, I think the way that they're doing this, especially with a lot of these younger kids, man, is they, they're setting it up for the one-hit wonder. You know, like you see... You know, somebody like Bobby Smurda, unfortunately, that's locked up now, man, that probably he'll be expendable to Epic after a while. You know what I mean? The, 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 the way they got it set up now, man, is like you fit the suit for this year, and, uh, and you know, somebody uh, fits the suit next year. You know, back then, artists were, were, were groomed. You know what I'm saying? You had A&Rs. You don't really have A&R no more. Artists in repertoire. That was the area that, that taught artists about doing, you know, interviews about, you know, appearance, about handling yourself professionally. Like, a lot of that is, is, is lost now, man, and those was important steps upon molding MC, upon, upon you know, having a stage show to, to last you, to make you last these years. I tell the kids all the time, man, you're going to get, if you stay in this game long enough, you should get 15 minutes of fame. It's basically what you do after is to keep your, your name out there, you know? So I definitely feel, man, that, you know, that it's not made up like that. I tell these kids, a lot of these kids, I, I'm glad I came out when I came out because I would hate to have to come out now because it's it's it's, it's so watered down, man, and so, you know, um, but and I guess to them it's not watered down, but, you know, it's just it's too many now. Like, a lot of steps have, have been missed. Now, you don't have the, 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 the development time, the apprenticeship time that we used to have that, you know, worked your craft you know everybody want to come in right now and get it and that's why the quality of the music has gone down i think a record that really records that actually on this on the album that really highlight what you just mentioned but also highlight your independence uh, as an artist are uh, the records i know this game and ain't nothing funny featuring craig g and sky zoo uh what is it about today's promoters and labels executives that doesn't it seems like 
they just can't be trusted. And has this always been the case from like when you started out or is this really just a new thing? Well, I mean, it's always been cases of shystiness, man, involved in rap, you know, but it's just apparent much now because now, see, back then everybody couldn't be involved in rap, man. You couldn't just be a promoter and have a show. You had to have a track record behind you. People had to know you for doing this. You know what I mean? You, you, you couldn't just jump out and, and all of a sudden now you're doing shows or now you're rhyming and this and that. It was it was steps that you went through, you know. And 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 I put that in the record. I know this game. If there's one thing about this, I, I do know this game. I know the inner workings of it. And I, like I put it in the song, you know. What I mean, I, I I knew many people that worked at these labels. Sony shut down and a lot of people lost their jobs, you know. Now people that was that was in involved with rap have went to rock and other farms, man, because. You know, it's, it's, it's just not there no more. That vehicle is slowed down. Some took it to the streets with the jacks. Wound up and Clinton Max. Some fell because they didn't pay tax. Make songs that was glossy as shellac. Took an E pill and whack. The guard here, sharp as a tack. From the days of backpacks, white people and blacks. Outlast a lot of acts, New York and all packs. You stealing from sacks, reeling from attacks. Nothing about you attracts. Got a suit, but oh, fuck. Your green on the top was short like leprechauns. Your green, your green, your green, your green. Do you think a key to a long career for artists, I mean hip hop artists today especially, is that they just shouldn't be a part of a label? Well, I wouldn't say that, man. I would just say the key, man, if, uh, if you want to last a long time, it's, it's probably originality. I mean, you might get over once or twice on them sounding like the same person on the record or whatever, but if you want to stand this test of time, it, it has to be something that makes you different. You gotta, it has to be something that, that separates you from the rest of the, the, the pack, whether it's your look, your, your, your words, how you project them, how you put it out there. Like, you, you gotta have some type of factor to have a a, a lasting factor in this game because like they're recycling them at an alarming rate right now. Uh, another great track on the album I think is uh, On Fire featuring Cormega and Linnell Tyler. Um, on, on this show, Cormega talked about how a lot of rap, he feels a lot of rap content is pushed out by the powers that be to help contribute to the rise of the prison system. Uh, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this. I mean, do you think there's a, do you think there's a conscious effort to push out negative lyrics out to the masses? with hopes that people listening to them will turn to crime? Or do you think there's something else behind the push of negative lyrics? Well, I mean, I, I, I think that they, that they tend to push something, push out stuff that they can control, that they can put in a box. You know what I'm saying? They, if, if everybody's thinking about crime and, and doing this and that, they, they know what that element is. They can control that. But the two or three, when once people start getting together and start putting out records that they want to learn and, and, and want it to be peaceful and don't want war, that's when it becomes a problem, you know? So I, I do think in, that they do sort of push those type of songs out with, sometimes with the negative image and sexual connotation, you know, that's stuff that they can see and they can put within a box. But when we start talking about refining ourselves and, and, and coming into the knowledge of ourselves, sometimes that's scary and they don't understand that. So definitely, yes, I would say that. Yeah. Fire, fire. Uh. 
lyrics sicker than Olympic sixes with intentions to get it. I'm not content, just existing is a living. No one under the sun could ever tell me different. Success is blinded, so I'm guided by my inner vision. I'm pan prolific, the fiery death, but my lines is so furious, the mic should repent. I don't regret the fact I'm no longer selling crack shows where my head is at. You'll never get um, Another track, track that I, I think really is a great track to end the album with. Uh, brings, obviously, brings everything full circle. Is uh, Never Left uh, featuring Tony Mays. Uh, it talks about people who leave New York, even if they're, you know, when they're, there's obstacles in their career, they decide to leave. But then it talks about people who, like you, who never left New York because even if there were obstacles. Um, do you think there was a point when New York wasn't bringing it as much as the rest in hip, as the rest of the country in hip hop? If so, why do you think that was the case? Yeah, well, it, it was a time, man. I, I think that, you know, when New York, man, like, at, at one point, I think, you know, you, New York, we've always, as far as rap, been wordsmiths and, and, and had different styles. And I think the, re the rest of the country, at some point, couldn't really understand us. And if you look, and if you listen and look at the rest of the country to how people actually talk, you have people in Florida that sound similar to people in New Orleans who may sound similar to people in Texas who may sound similar to people in LA. And I think that those groups and the Midwest groups got together and they were like, well, if we can't be New York, we can be what we do. And, you know, they, they made records that sounded similar to how they were thinking. And, you know, we kind of we kind of advanced ourselves out at one point. And then being that we did that, we started jumping on the bandwagon. We started having New York artists that originally sounded New York that started sounding like they were from down south. We started making a lot of so-called trap records and these type of records that was firing into ourselves. That's why I think it sounded corny coming from a lot of people from New York, you know, and, and, and it was recognized and we did, we did take a fall for a minute. How do you think we got that back? Well, I think, I think, I think it's not completely back. It's not completely back yet, no. But I think that, you know, more, more artists are coming out, it, it, younger artists are coming out from New York that are actually, you know, reaching back to some of the old school vets that are receptive. And I use that word receptive because a lot of the veterans don't seem to be receptive. I, I, I think in order for us to get them back, we need to connect with the youth and the youth have to connect with us, but it has to be some sort of medium. You know, it can't be, well, since I've been in the game 25 years, you gotta listen to what I'm saying as the all end and all hearing. And, 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 and you know, as a youngster, you gotta be able to come up and, and take some of the wisdom that I'm giving you. We gotta meet both, both ways. I think some of the young artists like Joey Bass and a couple of them, of, of those artists, you know, are, are, are reaching back, are going back to the roots of it, going back to the lyrics of it, you know, going back to traditional New York beats. And, I, I, you know, I think they're bringing that sound back. Understand, remember when a lot of dudes from New York was running down south and all of a sudden sounding like they was from down south with funny accents and saying words that these dudes were saying? I think, I think a lot of it is you, you get a lot of older artists and even even older even people who listen who are older they kind of ro we like to romanticize the past and and you know yeah. and not not believe that like this kids today the things that kids talk about today was never talked about back in the day um, so it's interesting though I mean it's interesting with your album 
you, you're, talking to the, you're talking to everyone, you're talking to the younger generation as well as the older generation, and you're not being preachy about it, which I think is the, the, the critique by the younger generation and the older generation, I think, is that they feel like they're just getting talked at as opposed to, you know, talked to. Yeah, and, and that's oh. true a lot of times, man. A lot of the older artists, man, they're, they're berating the young kids, they're telling them, you know, what they need to be doing. Well, this is the young kids' time, too, man. This is their time. They're creating their records, which they will look back as as classics to them. Who's to say that the records that they're not making are not going to be classics to some of them, some of these records? So, you you know, time changes, man. That's one thing. You can't stop time, man. And the minute you think you can stop time, man, is when you... And, 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 and that comes with always growing and being receptive to things, man. You can't never get too stuck in your ways, man. You, you can never stop learning. You learn until you die. So, you know, that's, that's one thing that, you know, I've stressed. I want to switch away from the album really quickly and just talk about, um, I read that in your, in your house growing up, you, you, you heard artists such as James Brown and Marvin Gaye, and then you were listening to early hip-hop artists such as African Bambada and the Jazzy Five, Cold Crush Brothers, Funky Four Plus One. Uh, how did these artists shape your, your, the early part of your career? Well, see, that was a magical time in hip-hop, especially back when I was listening to groups like the Cold Crush and Jazzy Five, because a lot of times, you know, you, you, you didn't get to see them that much, you know? Like, you, you, you so you would have these, uh, these cassette tapes that they were on, and those tapes were like gold, man, and you would study those tapes, man, and you would know those rhymes, and in your mind, you would just imagine seeing them. I imagine seeing the Cold Crush from their rhymes. I, I had them already picked out in my mind how they would look in their rhymes and like when I when I got to see them man it was such a pleasure man to actually see them and it coincide with what I thought and, and it made them like life it made them like like giant size characters to me man it was like you know they was that, and that's what really really man entrapped me like they were so precise with the rhymes and then the routines because MC meant master ceremony, so they were actually putting on a show when they came to these places. They'd be on stage for one or two hours doing different routines and doing shows, man, and, and that's, what, that's what I miss. All right. Uh, I, I also, I, one thing I really like is that I, you're, 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 you're not just an MC, but you're also a teacher in the sense that you, you teach sixth grade and you teach special education. Um, how has your lyrics and style, et cetera, changed since you started teaching and do your students know about Sadatx the MC or do you try to keep that separate well I haven't taught in a number of years now so you know I haven't taught but I still you know have a good r rapport with the youth and, and and I think sometimes depending on what I'm talking about I, I'll try to tone certain things down you know just so I can you know reach the, the kids but basically I feel that my style is, is basically the same you know I, I, I think maybe I've gotten a little more worldly being that I have a, had an opportunity to travel and meet different people and, and, and experience different cultures and I like to put that in the rhymes and I like to let you know I, I like to let people feel like hey you can be an average dude from the hood but you know you can be you can be smart like uh, it's, it's something about this this generation uh of of rap man where i feel like at some point it got cool to be not smart you know what i mean like a lot of these artists when i hear them man like some of the stuff they say okay it's 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 catchy and it's and it's and it's and you know for the moment but you know I, i'm not hearing any other records that you do that teach that actually 
let lets me believe that you know you have some sort of smartness about you. When I was coming up, you know, I wanted to learn about everything, rap, uh, reading, all types of of a racist reader. I read everything. I wanted to know about everything. So when I, I when I put that into my friends, I wasn't just a, a rapper, but I was somebody that was rapping good and that was smart. I sounded smart. I knew right facts. I knew about different places. You know, in these songs, I, I, I don't hear about kids talking about different places or cultures or 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 how to eat to live or how to survive. And so, you know, I hear a lot of party rhymes and what you're going to do to a girl and what you're going to do to this person and, and cocaine and this and that, which is not really a, a believable thing in today's society. How that's I mean that's what I was wondering. Like you're obviously you're 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 gifted enough. You're you're really gifted in terms of lyricism that you could have done this easy. You know the, the you could have followed the commercial formula, right? Uh, how did you stop yourself from doing that? Well, a lot of times when I'm when I'm recording, I just have to distance myself, man. Like sometimes when I'm recording, I'm only listening to to, to what I'm recording. You know what I mean? At the time, I'm not really listening too much of to, to too much of a lot of other music. And and then I try to put myself outside of myself. When I'm writing these rhymes and if I'm writing something that sounds crazy, I have to put myself into the fan's body and be like, if I'm looking at me saying this, what am I saying about Sadat? Is that gonna be something that's gonna be believable coming from a forty five year old man? You know, me talking about this, talking about something that a twenty one year old, how is that gonna look? Is that gonna, you know, come off as as being official, it's going to come off as a reach, as a try, you know, because that's the last thing I wanted to do is has an album that come out like it, me teaching, like, like we're the adults. We're supposed to teach, not the kids right. teach the adults. You know what I mean? So yeah. I wanted to, to, to have something on that angle. I was speaking to Sadat X, his new album, Never Left. Uh, Sadat, as we mentioned uh, early in the interview, this, this album is a tribute to New York. Um, I'm a New Yorker myself. I grew up in Washington Heights. Uh, I always wanted one thing in New York that you could not live without. What would that be? Oh, man. Um, probably just the subway, man, because, see, for me, there's sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I like to ride the subway when I'm writing a song. I'll just sit there and maybe take the A train uptown and back just so I can be around the people. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm a people person, man, so I, I need to see people and, and see what they're looking like and see what's going on. And 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 I can tell off on the train if it's, the weather's good and it's a good day, if it's raining, it's a bad day, and I and I see that in people and I feel it. So the subway, man, it, it, it takes me, man. Like a lot of times, like I said, I'll just sit on the subway and look at people for an hour and come up with something to write about. And also this album is obviously a tribute to your 25-year career. So, so far in your career, I'm sure you have many of them, but do you, do you have a favorite moment and do you have a favorite lyric that you kind of constantly, you wrote it, you know, you go back to him like, wow, I can't believe I came up with that type of lyric. Uh, like, well, it's, it's a whole bunch of different things, man. Like, uh, uh, one one thing that stands out to me is when we did the, the 199 video with, with Common, you know, that was probably one of the coldest days ever in New York, you know, and I just remember we was outside doing it, trying to get it right. You know, everybody believed in the song, no matter how cold it was that day. And we just stuck it out. We damn near froze to death, but we stuck it out. You know, just like I said, the echoing on on the Biggie stuff. Being being, um, I remember we used to go to uh, downtown to Chung King Studio and just seeing 
different groups coming there, our tribe coming, our De La Soul going to D and D studio and, and being seeing Diamond and everybody record. Sometimes just being just being the fly on the wall, you know, just being in different sessions and, and maybe if not even my session, but watching how a premiere put a beat together or how Showbiz will put a beat or finesse on one of those guys, Lars Professor, actually watching them, Pete Rock getting a chance to, to actually seeing them create beats live, man. That's been a, a great thing. What record on Never Left do you think currently defines where, you, where you're at in your career right now? Basically, I would say I know this game, man. You know, like I, I, I know what it is. I know this game. I know when I'm doing shows, when when promoters start acting one way or they say one thing, I'm, I'm knowing immediately what that means. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm knowing about different venues. I know uh, I can basically tell if I get to a spot how it's going to be. I know how to check the acoustics of the room. You know, these are things that I've required that I've acquired along this journey, man. So I would have to say I, I know this game. So what's next? 25 years? You've already got 25 years. What's next after this? Well, I'm gonna keep on going, man. I mean, you know, uh, I got another. I got about another two albums ready. I got an album with Diamond D that's ready, and I also got an album I did with Elder Sensei that 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 should be that should be coming soon. And just man, I I, I hope to continue touring. You know, I'm, I'm getting ready to probably do a Europe spring run. It's always, you know, good to go through like these different places. And it's funny, man, because you go to these places so many times, sometimes that you meet people there that every time you go there, you see them and you have relationships with these people for 15, 20 years. And, and, and you know, they, they, they have become good friends as if they lived here, you know. So I'm looking forward to, to, to getting back on the road. The great Sadatek new album is Never Left. Uh, Thank you so much, Sadat, for joining me in the library with Tim Ryan and Kel on rapstation.com. No doubt. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. I know the game from the inside. First person, actual facts. I got actual plaques. See the disappearance now of the wax. Some fell through the cracks. The labor of love broke their backs. Some work ethics was lax. Couldn't afford the high track. Some bubbled and they blew through their stacks. Some took it to the streets with the jacks. Wound up in Clinton Max. Some fell because they didn't pay tax. Made songs that was glossy as shellac. Took an E-pill and whack. The guard here, sharp as the tax. From the days of backpacks, white people and black. Outlast a lot of acts, New York and off packs. You stealing from sacks, reeling from attacks. Nothing about you attracts, got a suit but old slack. Your green on the top was short like leprechauns. Your green, your green, your, your green on the top was short like leprechauns. Your green, your, your green, your green on the top was short like leprechauns. Promoters send half in a plane ticket. Get to their city and they want you to kick it. I'm asking anything I right. We gon' be good tonight. They say they need a holiday. Up the dollar. The venue, the menu, problems at the door. Blame it on the law. They did this before. $50 tickets and a $20 space in a hotel room. They bleed naked. We did shows of rapping Two or three promoters Who's the f***ing captain? Yo, I take care, y'all I swear in a week You want some more Henny? You want that freak? Nah, mother I want all my bread I'll take another drink But I'm good on the head And let me hold a watch In the chain instead I've got bills You trying to keep me in the red Your ring on the top Was short like leprechaun a label, you do better working for cases. Labels is dead, and the grind is insane. 
I know some A&Rs that now watch cars They decided rap stars when they was in power Sony fired everybody, everybody sour Now rap moguls got to blend with the locals What was that flat you said about my vocals? A former label head live right on my block You still rock with hip-hop? Nah, straight rock No label is able to stop me Push their head right down where my The independent grind is mine and that's fine Remember saying the label was a hell of a line? Now they left behind like the dinosaurs They shit on first week sales and first week figures It didn't add up, they was pulling them triggers Yo, this is like it's gonna break, let's pull out this shit now Your reign on the top was short like leprechaun Your reign on the top was short like leprechaun Your reign BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.